I V M I V M Hello everyone this is your daily NBA podcast coming to you from Monday to Friday I'm your host Monish and as always joined by Nishant this is Triangle Offense three great games today two of them disappointingly one sided i would say the lakers getting thrashed by phoenix suns the nets doing the job but i think the game of the day was the denver nuggets taking on the portland trail blazers yeah. dame lillard with a career performance 55 points 12 three pointers and yet ended up on the losing team tons to talk about today let's get started whether you're an established sports person or a budding one or simply a sports enthusiast join us tanvi and shlok We are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy, mindset and everything sport. So tune in to the Millennial Athlete every Monday only on the IVM Podcast Network. Trust us, it's going to be lit. We'll start off with the Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. And this was this went as expected I would think. Uh Brooklyn Nets I think it took them a while to get going. They waited till the second half of the fourth quarter to really separate themselves from the Boston Celtics because although they were always in the lead Celtics were always in the hunt they were just around 8 down 9 down 10 down it was three or two or three positions always away from making a comeback and you never know in that in those kind of scenarios with a player as great as Jason Tatum the nets were always winning but it was so close but then they had a bunch of three pointers at the end Kyrie went up, Kyrie got one KD got one Harden got one and it was perfect i think brooklyn nets winning this comfortably 123 to 109 series over move on to the second round against the milwaukee bucks but if i was a brooklyn nets fan i don't know how many brooklyn nets fans there are but if i was one <laughs> i would think that this was not as convincing as it should have been i think they should have won 4 nil i think they should have won all the games comfortably they did win two games comfortably but i think there were two games that actually went longer than it should have and then yeah. they lost one as well you really think that's a legitimate concern i think we'd be fishing for concerns at this point if we, if you really consider that i mean you could you could look at the games and and take that away as your um as your conclusion but uh, i mean any team can only be measured by a how many wins they get and b when it's getting tough to win how do they respond do they have enough versatility to have enough options to have enough uh, variations and plan b's and c's and so to speak uh, so on uh, and and this team does so i i don't think it's too much of a concern i think the other way of looking at this also is uh maybe they only stepped up and brought their a game when they were tested and they weren't tested all that much so they were kind of cruising 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 yeah. but whenever the game got tight whenever boston seemed like they were coming in a little too close for comfort brooklyn always responded and put distance Uh, between them and the Celtics, and they've got three guys that can do it at will, uh, without the need for playmaking. And then if they do need playmaking, they've got an elite playmaker, uh, who's probably right now the best point guard in the game, James Harden. Yep. Because uh, I do, I don't really consider him. I know Lillard is listed as a point guard, but he's always always been a scoring guard. So uh, I think with this Nets team and Harden, by the way, he. how great is this nets team that um their big three not only played well together mm-hmm. they really had any games together right like 10 or 12 games this was a 14th game together that's about it yeah so um 
they dropped what was it a combined 105 or something in the previous <laughs> yeah which yep. is that's insane and uh, like teams struggle to get to that total and these three just right that's a b each one of them individually is so great durand has a 40 point game and nobody blinks an eye it's 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 a routine nobody it's like yep. it's expected harden today dropped a 30 plus point triple double westbrook does this the world loses his mind uh, loses their mind and even though he's had like seasons where he's averaged this james harden does it it's easy peasy it doesn't even look like he's trying yeah he demolished the celtics today i think kyrie irving and uh, durand just needed to bring their shooting muscle memory to the court and it was all james harden from there um they're in scary good form where mm-hmm. i will say there is a slight concern though is uh they've defended well as well as they can at least and jeff green's experience is vital i think blake griffin proved to be useful even if not individually entirely uh, mm-hmm. just as a calming presence as a veteran who's been there in in marshaling uh, the defense because he always has the best view from the paint um so they've done as best as they can probably but the milwaukee bucks are a whole different beast um because they defend way better than the the nets ever can yep and they what it seems like a pretty scintillating offense so this is a cracking um contest the milwaukee bucks have a victory of their own not quite at this level but that's a victory that's a legit victory and and they seem to have all found their scoring touch giannis seems to be dominating i think giannis and kd um, is going to be a fascinating contest that will make or break the series as crucial as harden versus drew is i think giannis versus uh, kd is what will make or break the the series because uh, like in the world of fighting styles make the match and it's it's two wildly opposing offensive styles from two near seven footers one of them plays dribbles shoots like a guard he's got the mid range game uh, on par with the best of them he's got a three point game on par with the best of them and sure he can drive and finish at the hoop but he's so good at the first two that he really needs to do the um, third except in transition then you got the other guy who's sandy tall plays like an old school seven footer now has all the offensive weapons that old school seven footers had like your hakims and your shacks um he has those tear drop shots those over the shoulder hooks the turn around one handed fadeaways i'm talking about yanis of course and and man can finish at the rim <laughs> right uh, he can only finish at the rim but wow he can finish at the rim two wildly opposing play styles it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top i'm not too concerned about the nets but i think it'll be a, a cracking contest six games at the very least absolutely that's going to be the game of the playoffs yeah. we got to go on uh, let's talk about the remaining games in the second game the suns took on the lakers and it was surprisingly one sided we know that ad was not available for this game we expected lebron to step up as lebron always does but it was a little too much for him they lost yeah. by 30 points 115 to 85 they were outplayed yep. and the second quarter how terrible was that quarter the, the lakers got outscored 32 and 10 cameron payne and booker themselves had 36 points in that in the first half and lakers entire team had 36 yeah. points the phoenix suns scored 32 and 34 in the first half where lakers scored 36 in that half this was the biggest deficit Le- lebron ever faced in the playoffs and there was oh, no coming was back after oh. that it was game it was game over there itself right Yeah, yeah yeah no it was game over in the second quarter i think that's where the game was lost um the first quarter the lakers started hot uh, booker came back real strong uh, and then the rest of the suns followed suit uh, um 
Mikael Bridges, I thought had a good game also. Uh, yeah. Whatever the box score tells you, I thought he was spectacular on both ends. Um, but the second second quarter, that's where the game was lost. That's where all of the deficit yeah. came. It was an eight point game after the first quarter. But like, who cares? First quarter eight points in any contest is really not that much. Yeah. Um, end of second quarter, the lead was thirty points, and it stayed like that for the rest of the game. So the second half was just basically even steals. Now, uh, that that of course was because Phoenix just went to sleep. They had nothing to do in the second half. Now that second quarter, forget the deficit, forget how they outscored the Lakers, forget that the Lakers only scored ten points. Even that seemed like charity. <laughs> For the first eight minutes of the second quarter, and and a quarter is only twelve minutes, of course. For the first eight minutes, the Lakers had zero shots made. Eight yeah. minutes of playoff basketball, zero shots uh, made. They took eight. They missed all eight. The only two points that they scored in those first eight minutes came from free throws. It yep. was atrocious, appalling. I will run out of adjectives. Uh, <laughs> at one point, they were shooting twenty-five percent from three. I guess they finished with similar numbers. LeBron shot sixty percent from three in the game, six of ten, and that's about all he did. That's really about yep. all he did. Yep. Got a few like empty rebounds just just for the numbers, but uh, he was completely out of sorts. Now, do I blame him entirely? I I blame him for, for the most part, but. Uh, his teams were brick. His, his teammates were breaking shots left, right, and center. It was miserable. There's not a shot that went up where you thought, okay, this looks good. It's going. <laughs> it's like in in the entire game, unless they were shooting in the paint, like layups, uh, any shot that they released from at least eight feet out or further out, I'm like, yeah, this doesn't look good. Yeah, it's going to rim out. And and when just when I thought it'll hit the rim and come out, then there were a bunch of the air balls from West Matthews. Everyone had an air ball in the game. <laughs> <laughs> there was one stat that they were going on showing throughout the game, right? Yeah. The in any seven-game series, the winner of the game five wins eighty-three percent of the series. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you when you when you spoke the last time, we said that without AD, this is going to be difficult to beat the Suns. So this result was kind of expected, but the way they lost the game by thirty-plus points, that's got to be demoralizing. So even if AD comes back, do you think uh, it'll be a close contest going forward, or the Suns have it wrapped now? No, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it works like that. I, um, teams get demoralized all the time. Like Clippers should have just given up after the first two games. Then <laughs> the Mavs, especially because the Mavs also beat them by fifteen in the regular season. I don't think it works yeah. like that. Um, especially when you've got enigmatic um, players and no lack of leadership. Um, the way the Lakers played in the second half, I'm not talking about offense. I'm talking about defense because Lakers breaking shots. That's nothing new. They've done that, that all season. Right. Uh, Lakers being miserable from three is again nothing new. Even when they won, they were miserable from three. Uh, that's been true also. I think only the Wizards have shot more from three than the. Than mm-hmm. the um, so that, none none of that's new. What is new is the defense. This Lakers defense, which is the best in the league on paper and and subjectively, uh, on court, they were the best in the league even with their big two out, with AD and LeBron out, and AD plays a significant role in their defense. They still were the best defense. Yep. Defense just went to sleep in the second quarter. I'm not saying. The Suns outplayed them. I'm saying we don't know because the Lakers didn't play. The Suns mm-hmm. played. The Lakers didn't play at all. Uh, and I'm not. <laughs> this isn't hyperbole. I'm not exaggerating. They didn't move. Nobody tracked anyone. They just stood still on the on the court because they were required to be there. Because uh, otherwise it'd be a forfeit. It was that bad. They didn't move. They didn't try. Makes you wonder. Is it because they knew they were going to tank this one and come back for Game Six? Which is a very risky strategy unless they're sure AD is coming back and mm-hmm. even risky strategy because it's one game and you're done. Yep. This is another playing game pretty much now. It's one game and you're done. Um, 
also risky move because even if ad does come back mm-hmm. if the lakers excuse me if the lakers clinch the series then everyone's going to call this a master stroke um great planning such gutsy decision <laughs> that should they lose in game 6 or in game 7 nobody's going to care this is a choke job lebron choke lebron got dumped in the first round that's all anyone's going to care about and for good reason um it, that's always how the sport has been you make the shot even if it's kawhi leonard hitting the rim 50 50 million times before going in you make the shot your clutch you miss the yeah. shot you're a choker that's as simple as that's the rules of the game that's how it is um let, let's let's see lakers have gone all in now they've got uh, one game to salvage reputations or the yeah. champs are out in the first round and we'll all be sitting and redrawing our brackets um, <laughs> unfortunate that that injury is said but it's a part of the sport what do you do of course whenever you beat the lakers you got to go home and rest and be happy the phoenix suns would they leave, lose any sleepovers chris paul getting injured and not finishing the game because that injury looked bad and suppose he's not fit for game 6 and say ad is back you got to bang the lakers then with, without chris yeah. paul and ad even a 75% fit ad i think you got to bag the lakers how worried would the phoenix suns be i think that's the biggest uh, loss from this game because they won the game pretty comfortably nothing to worry about there but chris paul not finishing the game injuring his shoulder that was already shaky coming into this game that's got to be concerning isn't it yeah it's a bit of a double whammy for this series and beyond look if you are the phoenix suns um you you'd be feeling pretty confident right now you're thinking we can take down the champs that was a big time performance we can take down the champs they can't match us from 3 apparently they can't match us from the interior either right now um that was a statement win right so you're thinking how far can we go is it the semi finals is it the finals or do we have chip aspirations Right. And if you're Chris Paul, you're pushing for the chip because this is one of the last chances you'll have. Any team with that kind of ambition, you're looking mm-hmm. beyond this round. What does this injury right. mean for this immediate round? Sure, but even if you do scrape through, what does that mean for for the next series? Because then you'll be playing. Uh, right now, it's it's unclear, but it looks like the Denver Nuggets are the slight favorites, or the Trailblazers. You play one of them. Neither of those teams are easy to beat without Chris Paul. Um, True. Trailblazers will just shoot you off the floor. um this then when i get seen no, no way like the trail blazers will shoot them out the floor so i think they'll be more concerned about that this season uh, this series is for sure in jeopardy especially if ad comes back if not i think they still have a shot mm-hmm. but if ad doesn't come back uh then maybe they scrape through but they'd still be worried about the long term uh, health of chris paul because they've got a, another player yeah. So exactly. it's, yeah, it's not it's not good news at all, especially because it's a recurring injury. If it was one, if it was the first time, you'd think maybe they're being it's a precautionary measure. The game was in the bag anywhere, but it's not. It's it's something that he's been dealing with throughout. Um, that's that's worrisome for sure. That is worrisome. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you're not following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd like to thank the sponsors on the network this week, Cred, PayPal, and CF. Thank you. We really do appreciate the support. So this week on Cyrus says was great. We had Meghna joining us on Cock and Bull, Tanvir Taj and Priyanka Jaina talking about pets. Yuma Kureshi talks about her new television show and her life in Bollywood. And to celebrate 700 episodes on Cyrus says, we had a number of his previous producers come on board and reminisce. 
Tune into This Round is on Me, where Gauri Devidyal was joined by Samir Shet and Yash Panage. These are the guys who started Bombay Canteen, O Pedro, and a number of other restaurants. Really great conversation they had with Gauri. On The Habit Coach, Ashton Doctor tells us about nourishing creativity and the importance of losing and some micro habits to counter overthinking. On their 75th episode, Ritasha and Rayushi talked to Naveen Richards. On The Note with Marika Nayad, she speaks with Komal Nahata to talk about the business of Bollywood, lockdown losses, piracy issues, and experiments being done to keep it going. On Advertising is Dead, Varun is joined by Gurupat, VP of Customer Success Platform for PayPal India, to talk about how the digital money landscape and the fintech ecosystem has fundamentally altered the world. We also have Thalarate, our Kannada podcast. Hosts Ganesh and Pawan discuss video games. And Sivakamyam Sabatam, the Tamil show where Kavita Jiva sheds light in another story about the bravery and excellence in the governance of the Pallava dynasty. And with that, let's get you back to your show. Next up was the Nuggets and the Trailblazers. This went not into one overtime, but into double overtime. Dame Lillard went trailing by three. You give him the ball, what do you do? You got to foul him and just let him take two free throws and it's over. I don't know why Denver Nuggets didn't do it once, but twice. In regular time, when they were trailing by three, uh, Lillard hit a shot with three seconds to spare, six seconds to spare. And in overtime, when they were trailing by three, Lillard hit a three-pointer with three seconds to spare. Now, he does this so often that it's not even surprising. He finished with 55 points, 12 three-pointers, which is a playoff record, all-time playoff record, beat Clay Thompson's record. And he finished with his higher uh, playoff high score as well, 55 points. Despite doing all of that, Portland just ended up on the losing side after double overtime. The Nuggets coming through. How demotivated have you got to be if you're the Portland Trailblazers right now going into game six? Yeah, it'll suck. But this is Dame Lillard's career throughout. This is this has always been him. Exceptional performances. Team just not good enough. They lose. Somehow get to the second round, they lose. Somehow get to the conference finals, they run into the Warriors or whatever, they lose. Um, and in, in, in none of those games does Dame Lillard play particularly badly or choke or fail to show up. Yep. Some days shots drop like crazy. Some days they drop kind of okay, but he always shows up. He always puts out a good performance. Um, so I guess for the team, it's demoralizing. For Dame, you would think it would have hit a critical mass. Uh, this piling up of, of frustration and, and demotivation. And yet every season you, you see him come out and say he's committed to that Portland franchise. It's one of those things that as a sports fan, you're you're infuriated by it because here you see a talent and you've been conditioned into thinking talent equals got to go for the chip one way or another. Right. And sometimes you forget it's a job at the end of the day for them. <laughs> they have a city, they have their own plans and ambitions and order. Uh, looks like, and it's an early call, hot take maybe even, uh, it looks like Damon Lillard's another Allen Iverson, another worldly offensive weapon who will just... They're loyal to one franchise, which is a bum franchise. It's not It's not terrible, but they're not going anywhere either. Uh, and they haven't fixed the same problems that they've had. Just like the Boston Celtics, they did it for one year. These guys have been doing it for like five years now. Um, so, looks like he's going ringless unless uh, under suddenly Portland transforms into something they've never been. Or he, he decides to suddenly move on. So, it's all par for the course for Dame Lillard. Another outstanding performance. Another loss. Uh, another series that looks tough. It's sad. Do you think do you think the series is over? Because Denver is one of the toughest places to go on a road trip. Yeah. That altitude and all of that they sure. talk about. And then you got a career performance from Dame Lillard, took you to double overtime, and still not come up win. How is it over? I mean, I don't see the like how bad was it Portland Trailblazers? Because Everyone else sh- scored less than 50%. I think Robert Covington got 50%. Yeah. But everyone else was terrible. CJ McCollum had 7 from 22. 
Carmelo Anthony had three from eleven. <laughs> But meanwhile, yeah. you look at the Denver Nuggets. Jokic had another another amazing game: thirty-eight points, eleven rebounds, nine assists, four blocks. MPJ went off. He's got twenty-six points, twelve rebounds. Austin Rivers, what a pickup he's turned out to be. He got eighteen points. Monte Morris got twenty-eight points. Although he'll be kicking himself for missing that free throw in the clutch, yeah. but which took the game to second overtime. But still, yeah, but so everyone turned up the... for the Denver Nuggets, but nobody turned up for the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. Do you see a Do you see a way back for the Portland Trailblazers? Ah, uh, sure. I mean, uh, it looked like this was over for the Nuggets until the Trailblazers came back. Uh, I mean, we we discussed this, right? The only way the Trailblazers win is. If uh, Lillard comes and does puts on like a shootout lights out performance, and sometimes even that is not good enough, but it's never beyond him. He can sure he has another game like that in him. Sure he has two. Mm-hmm. They're going to stay in the hunt. Um, they could nick another one. Who knows? They could even nick the series. The problem with the Trailblazers is as good as Lillard gets, he needs some kind of support. Right. From the others to clinch the game, but if it's tight towards the end and you need those clutch moments, he'll take care of it. Just don't screw it up. <laughs> when when you're you're like just don't screw it. Up. That's all you have to do. You don't have to hit big shots. You don't have to hit deep threes from the logo. Just don't screw it up. You know the game plan. Get the ball to the move out of the way. This is exactly like Kobe and those bum Lakers before they got Gasol and Odom. The whole arena knows who the ball's going to. The whole arena knows what he's going to do. Um, and most probably they know it's going to drop. You just got to start planning for what's next. Just do that. Get out of the way. That's all you have to do. And try, try and get a clutch stop. <laughs> They're never getting that clutch stop. That's not happening. Nobody, including Lillard, really defends on that team. At the other end, what happened towards the end of the game? They could still have made a meal of this. Yeah. Uh, the the Nuggets and the Trailblazers both. I think it was evenly uh, seesawing at that point. They had a chance to come, I think, within one point or tie the game. Don't quite remember. Yep. It, was, it was a two or three point game, and uh, Dame Lillard calls for an ISO, goes to the corner three, dribbles in down the baseline, beats the defender, and now he's closing in on the rim. Right? Sure enough, both the defenders in the paint go over to to stop Lillard's run. Now he's cleared that entire space under the rim. It drops a nice little soft bounce pass from between those defenders. Uh, to an approaching Covington, who's approaching the rim. Covington decides suddenly that he has to become uh, Michael Jordan meets Vince Carter. <laughs> All he had to do was just lay the ball in, man. If you can't, just lay it in. Just do whatever. Hit it off the glass. Go up, see the rim. Softly place the ball inside. There is nobody to challenge you. He decides to do this. I don't know some weird tomahawk one-handed slam <laughs> where he wanted to shake the arena with the slam. What does he do? It hits the rim. It bounces out. Then uh, we get the ball and they score at the other end. That's that's a dagger. That's a real dagger. That's not even. Yep. A, that's that's the real dagger where you you drop an open, you break an open dunk, and they go down the other end and they score. Then they come back. One last chance. Try and bring it within three points. It's a five point lead. Just just do anything, something, anything, and get the ball to Lillard. McCollum gets the ball. Now he was slightly inside the arc. He stepped out to receive the pass because he wanted to be in a position to shoot a three if he could. What does he do then? Decides to fake a step back and then dribble forward. That step back, step back happens to be out of bounds and turnover. Nuggets score yep. again. <laughs> the other. What do you do when when you're Lillard? I mean, you can hit shot after shot after shot. Hit like four clutch threes to to save the save the game in this uh, in this situation. And then he has this happen. In a row, back to back, the missed dunk and the McCollum turnover were back to back. 
I don't know. When when that's how they finish in the class, they remind me of the wizards sometimes. And mm-hmm. uh, I have to agree, I favor the Denver Nuggets, but it's the the greatest of the shootout teams. Who knows? Okay, there are two reasons why I believe this will go to Game Seven. Yeah. Now Denver Nuggets in the 2019, 2018, 2019 season, first round against the San Antonio Spurs, they took it to Game Seven. They won. Game uh, second and the second round of the playoffs, they took against the Portland Trail Blazers, including one game that went into four overtimes. Yeah. Lost in the seven game series. Last season, Utah Jazz, they won in a game seven. They won in a game seven. It was a low scoring game seven. They came back from three one down, and then the very famous comeback against the Clippers from three one yeah. down. Yeah. So what I feel is the Denver Nuggets is they they can't close out series. They need to take it to a game seven. <laughs> win. So I I am very optimistic that this is going to game seven. Also, I'm looking at the record since Damon Lillard has been drafted by the Portland Trail Blazers. Every time they make the playoffs, they're on the on the road record is six and twenty two. They won only six games on the road in playoffs. Their home record, meanwhile, is thirteen and eleven. So against the same team. So I think they have a much stronger home record, and I think both of these factors weighing in. Denver bit nervous to close out series. Portland better home record. I think uh, we are in for a treat in Game Six, and for that reason, I see this going to Game Seven. It it may just it may just listen. I I like Damon Lillard away because he's never as pumped up as he is when he's silencing. Um, yeah. Hostile crowds. It happened. He's done it to Staples. He's done it to the Garden. There's really very few arenas where he's not. Done it. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it might go. I, you know what? You might just have hoping AD comes back in Game Six and the Lakers find a way to stay alive. Mm-hmm. I still can't fathom a LeBron team getting dumped in the first round. I just I just yeah. as long as he's on the court, it's just unfathomable. Might happen. Might happen. But let's say AD comes back and they clinch Game Six. Let's say. Uh, far more likely that Portland win their game six, and the Lakers, the, the Clippers, and the Mavs. Let's mm-hmm. say game seven. You have three game sevens in the Western Conference. Yep. All while the Eastern Conference is just zipping through their series. Like two teams are already. <laughs> the Bucks and Nets might be in their game <laughs> three by then. <laughs> yeah, see, two teams already. One half of their bracket is already filled. It's the Bucks versus the Nets. The other half looks like it's done. Like Philly is one game away, the Atlanta is one game away, and they face each other. Yeah, uh, quite quite contrasting, but uh, it's always how the league has been. At least for the last two decades, this is pretty much how it has always been. Yep, tons of action today. Tons of action tomorrow. Three games, uh, four games actually. The Sixers, the Jazz, and the Hawks try to finish off the series all with a three-one lead. Yeah. Whereas the Mavs and the Clippers will be the game of the night, wherein uh, they tied it two-two, an all-important game five. I said the stat before: eighty-three percent of the games yeah. that eighty-three percent of the teams that win Game Five goes on to win the series. So the all-important Game Five. Who are your picks for those four games? First of all, see all these stats go out of the window when it's the Clippers. Oh, I just want to say them. Not that like I. No, the Clippers. <laughs> like in general, the stat is great. <laughs> and actually, the stat is biased by by design, but but it's still a fun it stat is. to throw around. Uh, but when it's the Clippers, it, it, like it doesn't matter. They'll they'll find a way. They'll find a way to screw it up. It's, it's the Clippers, man. They just. Um, no, all jokes about looks like I, at least finally the big two have stepped up and they're uh, they're now playing proper defense yeah. and taking on assignments. So it's, this is this version of the Clippers is a joy to watch. So this is now finally the contest that it was uh, right. seem to be. Uh, I'm uh, I'm actually picking the Clippers for this one. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I still think this might go to seven, but for this game, I think I'm picking the Clippers. Um, for the other games, I think all of the games where teams are one one win away, I think all of them will will just go through. Can't see Utah uh, losing unless they have an all-time stink job from the mm-hmm. time. Don't yep. see that happening twice in the same series. So that's they're out. Uh, I mean, the Grizzlies are out and uh, Utah are out into the second round. 
Uh, Philly, it, it's a shame it even came to this. They should have <laughs> this. I, I really don't know why they're playing this game. Um, time to send them home. With Embiid, without Embiid, no excuses. Time to send the Wizards home. Uh, and if it's without Embiid, uh, Ben Simmons, the, the world is watching. Yep. You might want to yep. live up all of that hype that um, uh, everyone bestowed upon you, as did I, for about two years now. So it, it's time to live up to that hype or just yeah, be forgotten. Um, what's the other game? Atlanta, Atlanta I've, I've always said this. I think they're too hot to handle for the Knicks. So mm-hmm. I would favor Atlanta. Wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks pull at least one game back. But but I think Atlanta are going through. All right. So those were your picks. I got to agree with you on those. I think I'll pick the Jazz uh, to go through as well. I think I think the Sixers should go through comfortably as well. Yeah. Clippers look like the favorites coming into this game. But depends on Luka's injury status. I think if he's fit, it'll be a close game. If he's not fit, it's it's as well as over. Like Charles Barkley said, the Mavs are not winning another game. By the way, hold on. Just a fun little stat. Uh-huh. Uh, that just popped up on my on my screen, right? Um, in overtime and double overtime of the Trailblazers versus the Nuggets, Dame Lillard, just in those two overtime periods, scored 17 points. Oh, uh, wow. 75% shooting, 6 of 8. And most mm-hmm. of them were ridiculous bomb threes. They were all daggers. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Um, Dame Lillard, 17.6 of 8 shooting. All of the other Portland Trailblazers combined shot 1 of 14. Oh, wow. Ah, they deserve to lose. <laughs> I, okay. Ah, that's sad. On yeah. that note, I got to say that that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> I'll catch you after tomorrow's games. Yeah, on that bombshell. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to check out our other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on our social media. We're at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to us at Triangle Offense, and you know you do, you know you want to reach out to us and tell us that our opinions on your favorite players are trash. You want to tell us Magic Johnson is still better than Steph Curry and you don't think Steph Curry has changed the game. For all that and more, reach out to us at Pod. that's T-R-I-O-F-F-E-N-S-E pod, on both Instagram and Twitter. If you love cricket, listen up. The Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast is here for you. Hosted by DJ, Varun, and me, Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh fan's point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us, sometimes we have guests, including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IVM app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your five-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure, and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, or wherever you get your podcast from.